0: While ostensibly a show about Emus, the Map Report is actually done by human beings. So we've hired a real emu to help tell our story. The Map Report is a funny show. Mep, 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 mep. The Map Report is available weekly for free download online at Mapreport.com Map Mep. mep, 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 mep. Emus are sometimes farmed for their glands. The Mep Report. Listen now. Let my home back in Omaha See if I can make it out in the world And I got as far as Wichita. Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore. Lost all my friends in Los Angeles. And I'm not welcome in New York. But I must stop back in Omaha. Where the fans they
1: always crying out for. Okay, whether it be food or whether it be something else, ladies and gentlemen, welcome wanted to Mapperport number 64, January 10th, 2007. Welcome to we all to and sundry. And all. Myself. Yes, indeed. And all those people. I, uh, the call we I have more. Yet. Twenty-seven.
2: i have more, no, no bring it back. <laughs> more,
0: <laughs> I have more energy than last week. I have more energy than many times before. Yeah. I even, I even Good ate. Despite missing lunch, I ate. I got That's to awesome. leave work early. If you're from my HR department, please turn turn off the show. You're not know, hearing. <laughs> well, perhaps you'll <laughs> not, have enough energy of to react happened. to this. Okay.
2: On okay. Monday, my former boss, Ethan Nadelman, was on the Colbert Report. He was the special guest. On the Colbert, you guys familiar with the Colbert Report? Absolutely. Yeah, it's the oh, show right after yeah. uh, after John Stewart's show. After John Stewart's show, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know who Ethan Nadelman is, he's the head of the uh, the DPA, the Drug Policy Alliance, which is essentially makes him a Shiite cleric in the insurgency against the war on drugs. <laughs> I see. And, That's a great analogy. You know, but instead of using, like, improved explosive devices and religious dogma, he uses facts and analysis and things that the U.S. government is equally unable to cope with. So okay. in that way, he's very <laughs> a very capable leader. And okay. so he, he, I don't know how he's, you know, he's very big in the progressive community, hobnobs with like Ariana Huffington and all of the other big progressive people, but he's also right. not in the mainstream because he is exclusively the drug guy and he's just the guy who leads and he's the a fight and war on drugs.
1: And they're obligated not to be in right. the mainstream. Right. Shea clerics, and not mainstream. And also there are
2: some right. sort of religious differences with the drug use and the religious doctrine and stuff, but that's besides sure. the point. Right. Um, so, and, and I was very excited, and I didn't even know. I'd gotten the email later on that notified all of the people on his mailing list that he was going to be on the show. I was just watching it, and then he was like, my guest, Ethan Nadelman. Uh, I'm like, what? Wow, Ethan what? is on the show. And it was, it was really disappointing. It was bad. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I love Ethan Nadelman. He's a great guy, but you have to understand where he's coming from. This is a guy who, for years and years and years, has been going on radio interviews, writing editorials, going on TV shows and being a loony. He's not sure. a loony, but he's perceived as a loony because whoever he's talking to, he has the most extreme political position in the room, which is let's legalize all drugs. And no matter how rational and how well thought out his arguments are, he's still the legalized drugs guy. So he sort of has a chip on his shoulder. Let's put it that way. Basically, his MO throughout the years has been going into one of these media things and just bulldozing people with facts and analysis so they can't possibly think he's a lunatic because actually he you know, has the most well thought out positions of anyone in the room. Everyone else is just too afraid to admit it. So he'll go into a okay. room and he'll be like, look, the U.S. has the largest prison population of any country in the world, proportionally, this is a bad thing. Most of these people are non-violent drug offenders. There's no reason that we should, you know, have this. No person right. in the history of the world has ever died from toxic marijuana consumption, whereas millions of people have died from alcohol, et cetera, et cetera. So the problem is, you can't do this on the Stephen Colbert report because Stephen Colbert is not a policy wonk. He's a comedian. And what's worse is he's a comedian doing his best Bill O'Reilly impression. Like, that's what the show is, right? Right. He's pretending to be a crazy right-wing patriotic guy. So, Ethan... What he was trying to do was his normal thing where he's just going to talk over the guy and be like, but listen, but listen to these stats. And then Stephen Colbert's like, shut up, man. This is America. We don't have drugs legal in America. What are you, a communist? (laughs) Right. And he was just like pandering, which is what he always does. He panders like the lowest common denominator, stupid arguments that he can on purpose because it's funny. And so Ethan walked right into it, and he got hit in the face with the satire, which was not cool. Oh, no. I was not happy about that. And I wish, I don't know how his staff didn't prep him for this. They can't, This is a comedy show. You're going on a comedy show. So, A, like, save a few cool <laughs> facts or things that are interesting, but don't interrupt and piss off Stephen Colbert, because he's just going to get, you know, he's going to nail you. But this was this he genuinely
1: he doing that, though? I mean, was he pissing him off, or was that also part of the act?
2: No, he was because the one thing he wasn't he was trying to cut off Stephen Colbert, which you just don't do. You don't like say but but wait, but wait, but wait, but what about these facts? You don't do that to Stephen Colbert. You <laughs> let him play his game and, you know, do his act and be crazy Bill O'Reilly and then you try to make some <laughs> cogent points and sneak in some dialogue but really have it be funny. And Ethan was in no way prepared for it to be a funny discussion. He just wanted to get out his facts. What he didn't realize is Did Stephen what Colbert, show he was on? I was yeah, gonna say because like part the Daily the
1: Show, the Daily Show even would Daily have been better for him than that. Daily exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like Daily Show might Let have had, had a better shot, right. you know?
2: Right. Because Stewart actually is sincere and will actually really interview people, but Colbert is just there as like a pretend egomaniac to make fun of the right wing. So that was the first problem. That was not gonna work out. I don't know. I don't know how you deal with that. But the the thing you don't do is piss off Colbert and give him all that ammo.
1: Well, so do you think the audience figured out the like satire though? Kook. I mean, do you think he did? Because I was going to say, you don't think the audience listened to it and was like, you know, because it's a liberal audience, right? Colbert's
2: audience, it's a very weird audience. It is literally like half pro-U.S. people who don't realize fully what's going on, but just know that he's funnier than Bill (laughs) O'Reilly, so they'd rather listen to him. And the other half are people who are left-wingers who think it's hysterical that they're satirizing the right-wing like this. Okay. And so it's very strange. It's a strange concoction of people. But Ethan basically came off as I'm the pro-drug kook who screams and yells and says weird things and not much is rational, which was bad. Because he wouldn't have even been on the show if Stephen Colbert didn't obviously agree with his position. Like, Colbert obviously thinks we should legalize all drugs. And then he brought him on the show to argue with his alter ego fake personality. But
1: But doesn't Colbert have have a responsibility as Colbert Colbert to kind of modify what he's doing so he doesn't come across as such a kook? I mean, I understand what he's trying to do, but like, no, no,
0: no. Colbert has to. You can't break character in that situation. No, no, I don't mean that.
1: But like, you know, figure out some way to he's a smart guy. I mean, he can figure out a way to make his right wing guy look stupider than the other guy
2: and i would argue that probably 75% of the audience that colbert would have normally would agree that we should legalize drugs anyway i mean you have enough progressives and libertarians in that pool right. to say to agree with it anyway so right Ethan should have known that coming in. He didn't need to have the chip on his shoulder. He didn't need to come in there yelling and screaming like he's on some normal talk show with idiots who actually think that the war on drugs is a good thing. And so he sort of missed the joke, I guess, which was very upsetting.
1: I thought you were going to say the punchline was going to be, he's like, yeah. And then at the end of it, he's like,
2: yeah, well, the MEP report, www.mepreport.com. We were going to be like, yeah, Yeah. all right. Yeah, because when I interned there for six weeks, we became friends for life, and he's obligated <laughs> to do whatever I ask him
0: to. Well, he is a kook, he said. But unfortunately, it was a kook who was promoting the Map Report, so now no one will listen. We've lost all our subscribers.
2: Damn <laughs> <laughs> <Them laughs> kooks and their satire not working with each, each other. And, you know, that he could get on the show, that he could get that kind of audience was really an amazing thing. And it shows, you know, the the work that they're doing to push the uh, the anti-drug war stuff. But... Did not come off so well
1: uh, that sort of raises the question about what the story was saying before about not breaking character and i tend to agree with that but i wonder if there's a point where in service of the larger point of view you have to think of a way to even if it will slightly reduce the comedy adjust what you're doing without breaking character but adjust what you're doing so as to make the other person stand because otherwise it's like you've you've won the battle but lost the war it seems to me i mean you've successfully made yourself be funny again but you've lost the war of creating the context of change, which is what you're supposed to do with satire.
2: I don't know. I just well, wonder what about he that. Does, what he does on the show is, like, he'll go on some very typical right-wing rant, but then he'll have the text on the screen that will be contradicting everything that he says. And, and undermining all of his arguments by pointing out why the right-wing line is really stupid. Mm-hmm. So that's how most of his show goes. But then during the interview, he's not going to have, like, an interpreter for the deaf, like, sign out the reasons why everything <laughs> that he's saying is bullshit. That'd be awesome. There's no Some way to guy behind him with, subject. like, cue cards. What he's saying is dumb. Right. Listen to the guy and the guest. <laughs> listen to the guest. So the problem is the people, the interviewees, have to realize that and play into it, but at the same time subtly expose how he's being a dick and intentionally acting in a way that he would never do.
0: I have rarely seen that many people effectively deal with a Stephen Colbert interview. I mean, most of them, even the people that he is a big fan of, or he clearly has on the show only to promote their obscure viewpoints, still come off seeming a little bit flabbergasted and a little bit off-kilter and (laughs) definitely less composed. Because, I mean, you know, I don't think a lot of people, especially when the show was brand new, had any idea really what to expect. And they're like, but, wait, comedy... Daily Show, you what are you saying? Exactly. me? Adam, what yeah. is this? And they were, you the know, first clue especially is the on intro his like got a know a thing.
2: Yeah. When Colbert introduces himself and right. he's like, and now my guest right. Jim, and then Colbert dances in front of the audience and he's like, yay me, and then yeah. he has the guest already sitting there waiting. <laughs> yeah, that's the first yeah. clue that something's wrong. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of stuff like that. So it's too bad because if you had done know. well enough, I'm you could have saying. graduated I mean, to the most Daily Show. come off pretty bad there.
2: That's true. Uh, that would have been great. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to my uncle about it, who's also a big proponent of the movement, um, and he actually wrote a book on the drug war back in the 70s, which was like a big foundational really? literature for a lot of the anti-drug war people. Yeah, it was called Operation Intercept. It was about interdiction in Central America and all this crazy stuff. But he thought it was good because, you know, he got some points in, and he he like made a few quips, like calling Colbert Joe Stalin for supporting all this imprisonment, which was Um, kind of funny, I guess, but I don't know. Oh, those crazy Joe Stalin jokes. Yeah, and then Colbert made a quip at the end because Nadelman was clearly very animated during the interview, and Colbert goes, well, come back on the show the next time that you're not on drugs. And no. so that was like, uh-huh. the way he took it was like, well, it's great. He wants him to come back on the show. And I'm like, no, no, he's making fun of him for cutting him off and being angry. And that's his way of... Do you think I mean, Nadelman was angry? Do you think thing. Nadelman was pissed off? Oh, no. He just had his standard, I'm smarter than you and I have a chip on my shoulder because I'm taking a crazy position. That's interesting. So where do you come down on the whole uh, the whole drugs thing?
1: Greg,
0: I... I know you don't do them.
1: Right, right. Well, as a like long-time me. habitual right. non-drug user, um, I, I actually tend to agree mostly with Russ's position. Um I mean, I certainly think that legalizing things like marijuana is obvious, and it's stupid that it hasn't been done yet, because it's just, I mean, and it basically comes down to why would you allow alcohol, which is far more dangerous than marijuana, right. to exist in a society and not regulate it when you... Re- I mean, it's just stupid. So the marijuana thing is obvious, right. and I think... Probably legalizing the other drugs to to as much a degree as possible makes sense because I really am against the drug war and it makes, you know, no sense at all. I'm not 100% sure that I'm all in Amsterdam's camp <laughs> where it's just like, you know, everything okay. and, you know, have fun. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know about that, but it's obvious right. that what we're doing is way over the top and draconian and unnecessary and completely backwards and a waste of money and time. And not to mention a huge violation of civil rights pretty much all over the place. So, so you're
0: sort of on the fence. Yeah, right. Okay. I
2: couldn't agree more. <laughs> <We got you.
1: laughs> right, right. Oh, sorry, I just got <laughs> I'm mostly against an <laughs> <it>, exception. <laughs> I don't know that <laughs> Russ, I don't know, I don't know whether Russ, like, is totally in favor no, of, like, legalizing more, everything yeah. everywhere, yeah. but I pretty much agree right. with most of what Russ is What's your take on it, Story?
0: Uh, I mean, my big thing has always just been sort of equality, and uh, <laughs> shockingly, my position is derived from undermining hypocrisy in a new and different twist, but... uh no. Uh, that you I'm know, sorry. The same Compocracy? the same standard the same standard should be compost. Applied He's undermining to
2: compost. All which is yeah. dangerous. <laughs> You're gonna have to define that for me. Screw that
0: mulch. Well, um, was it really, is my audio that bad? Is my subpar audio gotten to the point where even you, normal English phrases don't go through? What and is
2: hypocrisy? hypocrisy. <laughs> oh, hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Okay. <laughs> I was like, hypocrisy. Okay. The <laughs> politics of weird comparisons between drugs and alcohol. It's must the state like, of
1: being what? selective in what Audience. compost you choose to put on your lawn. Do you use this, but Name you go against that. Name another
0: word that <laughs> is used commonly in English that has one syllable before-ocracy. Go Plutocracy. Uh, Autocracy. Autocracy, maybe. Okay. Democracy. Fair enough. Jeez, this is a valid confusion.
1: Audience, name uh, another question which would have worked so
0: better in that situation. Right. <laughs> none of you are in the audience. I it's want the, the audience But no, I'm no, seriously. So what's your song? I'm soul? seeing if they're good. So um, hypocrisy, right. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, my my point is, the point Can is we that... we make a word?
2: And then yes. have it be a real word. It, okay, it okay. is
0: actually it is actually another version of what we live in in America. We live in a plutocracy mostly, but we also live in a compulsionocracy where Ooh, you're supposed ah. to just buy, okay, under like any it. any good. circumstance.
1: You can put so it that's on a compulsionocracy? I still like compost just because I think it's funnier.
0: <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we definitely don't live in a compostocracy. <laughs> no, that's unfortunately, sure. we don't. Anyway, okay. Meanwhile, back at the point. So the main thing is that I don't like there being different standards for different drugs. And I think it's, it would be more or less fine to legalize everything or to illegalize everything dangerous. But having this weird mixed standard that convinces people that marijuana is more dangerous than alcohol and things like that is a little... But obscene. you
1: wouldn't lean one way or the other towards it should all be illegal or it should all be legal. Like, if you had your choice between those two things? Um...
0: I mean, if illegalizing it were effective, I would lean towards illegalizing everything, because I think they're
2: all things that... <laughs> if there society were any evidence that dis- prohibition was a, a good time it. in human history... Well, there is that, and, yeah. You know, Yeah.
0: unfortunately, until we make a lot of larger changes, that's probably
1: not going to be feasible, so... And that's part See, of the my problem... Big objection to this... Is the drug war just I has so many I,
2: ancillary effects, that's an issue, too. Sorry, Russ, go ahead. It does. I think I love how story and I come from literally the opposite ends of the spectrum, because story is and, you know, very understandably looking to protect the portion of the populace who can't handle these substances. And so were they legalized, they might be more in danger of using them. Um, Similarly, even if they're illegal, you know, how do you stop them from harming themselves? And I'm interested in protecting people poor, you know, competent, rational, stable human beings who can deal with the stuff and shouldn't have to live under the rules that apply to, you know, everybody else. And basically, like, if the troublemaker in class is causing everyone to get punished, I don't see why that's fair. You know what I mean? I think that it should be a standard that if you can do it, then you should be allowed to do well, it. Well, I also the philosophically
0: believe that there's no good that can come from the use of them regardless for anyone. I don't believe there's something as safe or reasonable right. use of of It's true that we also disagree
2: about that. So, well That's except for like, fundamental, fundamental, except for like medical except like medical marijuana,
1: right? Because they have I mean they have talked about the fact that medical marijuana actually does Oh my God. Are we gonna talk
2: about medicine? <laughs> <actually does, laughs> <laughs> no 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 I, have not, have not, I say, That's not even I mainstream thought, though. Oh god. <laughs> I thought
1: that was enough outside Everybody. the mainstream. <laughs> I was going to be the Shiite right cleric. Forward, Twenty <laughs> um, minutes. Yeah, no, no. Once again. But then I have a question about that. So, so leave aside, leave aside all those issues because I tend to, I shockingly enough, sort of end up somewhere in the middle between you guys about that because I think that there's some legitimacy to both arguments. But I do one concern I have, Russ, with the whole legalization argument is that even though I generally agree with the drug war is anathema and it should be ended, and you should legalize a lot of stuff. I am a little worried about the sort of general "let people do what they want" theory on this, on the idea that if you do that, all of a sudden, I don't know if you guys saw the Daily Show the other day, but they had this guy in Wisconsin who's what advocating shows kind of for Comedy Central. I aren't know, we? seriously, not this that we're ridiculous. at all pushing to get added to Comedy Central's lineup, but we do happen <laughs> to have a good spot anyway. But like, but seriously though, they had this thing on the Daily Show where they were talking about this guy in Wisconsin, um, this state legislature uh, legislator who wants to give guns to teachers. Now, uh, you know, this is obviously ludicrous and stupid, and, you know, the the other guy they brought in is the superintendent of schools who wants kids to have textbooks that they can use as shields, like Kevlar textbooks. is hilarious. It's very, very funny. Anyway, the guy who wants to give the guns to teachers... Is this like... Presumably.
2: The battlefield Presumably. School? I'd is be like, <laughs> so you plagiarized the paper, did you, Johnny? Blam, blam, blam. You know, and then yeah, he's got his Kevlar exactly. textbook. Exactly. Greg, was right. this the same guy who right. was advocating that the students use the textbooks to protect themselves that's from wh- flying bullets? Yeah, that's or what or I mean. That that's the guy. Recent? That's the guy that I'm talking about, out. yeah. No, so, okay. the question I, I had was... Right, here's my answer. Well... Here's my response. I already I, know what your point is. It is you do? Wow. My response... Is that whereas I have some libertarian tendencies, it doesn't mean that I'm a gun nut and that I think that everyone should be smoking hash while using AK-47s. nuts. You only their think that was my question. My question was actually, oh, how okay. about them apples?
1: No, I'm just making that up. That actually was my question. But. You
2: like <laughs> no. apples? Yeah. I mean, here's the real difference. Okay, it's not only a question of should people be allowed to do harm and the government should the government stop them. No. The question is, should people be allowed to experiment, not necessarily do harm, but potentially do harm to themselves? Having a gun implies you're going to do harm to somebody else.
1: Why? Why can't it imply
2: that you do harm to yourself?
0: Or yourself. Yeah. But look, you might just fire at your appendages.
1: Did Your you own, on, on that you same Daily Show, suicide. they had a DEA Which agent. I don't think it was. Against the law, by they, the way. they had a DEA agent in that same show who was in a classroom. And he was like, I'm the only one here professional <laughs> enough to wield this Glock 57. And it goes off. And he's like, all right, is everyone all right? It blows this huge hole in the wall. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Is everyone all right then? Is everyone okay? I just thought that was a funny car
2: At the risk of quoting the legalized drugs debate case that we wrote back at Brandeis, mm-hmm, yeah. some of the points that. I would make yes, would indeed. be basic social contract theory is you make an agreement with your government. They provide security basically to protect you from other people and protect you and your property from other people. There's no point in the social contract where you're saying, please, government, Make me safe because I'm going to hurt myself and protect me from myself. No rational human being would sacrifice all of the freedoms that come along with that so that the government can protect you from hurting yourself, okay? We're all adults. We can do what we want to ourselves. The real argument comes to the point where if you're harming other people, the government should intervene. And so that's why there should be laws against drunk driving. And there should be laws against driving while under the influence of drugs. And there should be laws against cutting somebody's head off while you're on heroin because no, I like that one. I mean, actually, do we keep that just because right? it's, it's, like, it's so amusing it's around as the as Christmas if, table, you get all hopped up on drugs. All of a sudden you can do all these things that you couldn't do before all the acts that will harm other people, robbing them, assaulting them, raping them, killing them. These are already illegal.
1: But I'm not sure I follow the argument in this sense, though. If it's true that you, the government, that you shouldn't be punished for what some, you know, the whole room shouldn't be punished for what one nutcase would do, why should the whole, room, you know, country full of law-abiding citizens who, let's say, want to buy their guns for the express purpose of harming themselves... Why should those people be punished because some nutcase wants to go out and harm other people? And by the way, I'm playing devil's advocate to the MetReport audience. I am oh, no. 100% in favor of gun control. Oh, yeah. I'm just we pointing that. that out, okay? <laughs> Don't break
0: character. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I'm a right-wing gun. Stephen You're Colbert a
2: lunatic. This is America. Free guns. Because Colbert wouldn't preface. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, Seriously. I just think that guns are so intrinsically tied up with hurting other people and have such little benefit other than hurting other people. I mean, it's not like... Like I'm making a house of homeless out of guns, and so this is going to be <laughs> low cost housing, and it's made completely out of out of AK-47s. That's the greatest yeah, idea we're ever. We're
1: going to do that. Habitat that for is like <laughs> idea. we're now going to start building homes out of guns. The bottom is made guns of Winchester rifle yeah. stocks.
2: You've heard of guns for toys. It's now guns for living. There you go. You live in the guns. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Fair. Whereas I do think, unlike Story, I do think there are actual, tangible, positive benefits to be derived from drugs. I happen to ascribe to the belief that we, in the same way that we can experiment in science, in the same way that we can travel to outer space, that there are levels of our subconscious and levels of our brain that we're not in touch with, that these chemicals that exist in plants, that exist in nature, are there to help us in our journey to do that. And I think that there are very tangible benefits, um, morally, ethically, philosophically, from using these things that should at least be weighed against the fact that, especially like things like marijuana, which are virtually harmless. Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. Yeah, are, it, There's a much more difficult argument when you come to things like PCP and like yeah, <laughs> or I ecstasy. think maybe you could have some laws. I don't know about ecstasy, but think oh dear God! Here's the thing: you do have to you have to go into the facts, right? You have to look. What do these drugs do to people? Some drugs are much more associated with crime, like alcohol. Alcohol is by yeah. and large associated with crime-causing behavior because it makes you less likely to inhibit yourself, more violent, stupid. Out of control. Right. So it makes you more likely to commit crime. Right. And drugs like marijuana, which make you introspective. Think about things more deeply and hungry. <laughs> I don't see how we're having the same debate. I mean, come on. Well, you know what, what I was going to
1: say about know. that? This is something which which I was thinking about the other day and I wanted to bring it up. So it's a good segue about the alcohol, because this is starting to drive me nuts. They had the Jets, uh, the Patriots-Jets game the other day. Obviously, I live in New York. And so they had all these people calling up about the Jets game. And one of the things they were saying is that they had had all of these people who were around the Jets fans that had gone up to New England for the game, threatening them, like pelting them with stuff. Like basically a standard Yankee Stadium game, right? So they were doing all this stuff. Right. I'm just kidding, uh, except for the World Series where they did that. And they had to bring out riot police on the field. But anyway, moving back to the normal thing. So true.
2: I have some cool stories about so, sitting in on a World Series game at Yankee Stadium. So here they all are. So,
1: you, you see how fast Russ shifted I know. from offended to proud?
2: I know. He's like, "Yeah,
0: that's good." That's my people. Rewind it. And see it again. Exactly. It was like
1: two seconds. Um, <laughs> it was awesome. So they were all complaining about how they were treated, and they're like, "You know, it's terrible." And all the ho- the you know, the talk show hosts are like, "Yeah, and this is just terrible." And and they were they were attributing. To well, you know, it's this younger set of people and, you know, and they just don't really understand the tradition. I'm like, no, the one thing that nobody's talking about, the big elephant in the room is what is the common thread in all of these incidents? alcohol. Do you know why you've never seen a fight in an NCAA basketball game? Because they don't serve alcohol at NCAA basketball. Has that caused the NCAA basketball tournament to collapse into itself and have no real... Oh, no, actually, it's one of the biggest sporting events of the year, and everybody watches it. So, the argument that you can't have a sporting event without alcohol is completely bogus. And the results of having alcohol is that you have people get into fights, get into attacks, assaults, you have people getting killed in some of these cases, all because of the use of alcohol. And It is that obsession, that American obsession with alcohol, I think, that's the real problem. And nobody ever wants to bring it up. They're just like, well, it's just a couple bad apples. I'm like, no, it's a couple of bad apples that have been doused in, you know, Jack Daniels,
2: basically. That's what it comes down to, you know? Yeah. And then the whole discussion becomes mute when you realize that more Americans are abusing prescription drugs than illegal drugs. And so, basically, however you regulate the things, people are going to find them and use them in ways that they weren't intended for. So you may as well, like, try to educate them in the meantime and say... Oh, look, you're being stupid, and here's why. Instead of being like, oh, Brad, don't even think w- about it.
0: Russ also doesn't want to talk about alcohol. See how fast that segue was? Boom.
2: Oh, I have no problem talking about alcohol. I <laughs> no, agree. I know. It's a very dangerous thing. I think that for people who know how to deal with it, it's, and actually there are health benefits associated with, like, drinking a glass of red wine every day. Or having a couple glasses of beer have been known to reduce high blood pressure and be healthy for the heart and things like that. But in excess, just like anything else, in excess it's really bad. And worse than a lot of the illegal drugs, by the way.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. But
0: I guess oh, yeah. the point I mean, is... alcohol, probably the most harmful drug.
1: But it seems is. like it's one of the most likely drugs to be consumed in excess. Because there's such a... Like, when I went down to New Orleans a few years ago, and I went there for an academic conference, and I had an awful time, number one, because I just, you know, that was in the days when I didn't have a, I didn't have a job. So I was like, wow, this really sucks. And the other thing that was bad was that, basically, <laughs> New Orleans, for me, consisted of a bunch of guys pouring beer on everyone's head. And, you know, I was just like, what is this all about? And the sort of glorification of how cool alcohol is for everybody, I find very frustrating. Even the fact that I don't drink created this situation where like people would just be like, they would, they, when I didn't drink, that would make them uncomfortable. They're like, well, why don't you drink? Blah, blah blah. I'm like, well, what? Like my decision not to drink is going to impact you. And I think like the alcohol is almost more likely, it seems to me. It's almost more socially acceptable to consume it to excess and then make jokes about it. Like why, seriously, why does anybody get into a car anymore and drive drunk? How many times do you have to see news stories to realize how stupid that is? And yet you hear people doing this all the time. And I think it's because, because as much you know, alcohol the song a about drunk
0: driving that while, removes while drunk driving. your brain. Yeah, well, right. But like, why does alcohol nobody acknowledge removes that? Removes your brain, you know? and then you don't think.
1: Because they're all drunk. You're right, but that's a good point. But like, why does nobody acknowledge I mean, that? You know, like, why is nobody willing to acknowledge
2: that that fact? Uh, my drug war brain has too many responses. I feel like my head's going to blow up. I have too many threads. That I was my plan this to, this
1: to overwhelm you with answers.
2: <laughs>
0: <Damn> <laughs> too <him>. many answers. <laughs> now <laughs> he's drunk on Todd. Okay, he's drunk the fun on Todd. Compocrisy,
2: Russ. Compocracy for here's, you. Here's Booyah. Here's the the <laughs> least standard answer that I think is fun that I'm going to provide you, which is. I think it is far more in the interests of our government to readily have available a drug that makes people dumb, complacent, and, (laughs) you know, unthoughtful than it is to give them availability of a drug that makes them more thoughtful, think about the world that they're in, and critically analyze what the government is doing. Interesting. Interesting. And that's why they'd rather have alcohol be available than pot.
1: I have a response to that argument, actually. Why is it then if you want to have um, people who are dumb or sort of market to the dumb people? Why is it that in many cases a lot of beer and alcohol commercials tend to be the ones that are sort of based on comedy tend to be actually a little bit more clever than some of the standard commercials? There have been many examples where beer and alcohol commercials have been more clever.
2: It's for like a Budweiser commercial. But to you're who though? a glass of rice-based urine, right? Wait. So obviously you have to be like highly wow. creative to be like drink our urine. So instead of drink our urine, please reference Show 62 like, for more. Here, eight hot <laughs> yeah. babes and a guy tripping over a dog, and it's really funny. Drink Budweiser. Well, you know, but like, no,
1: no. But that's the no, dumb no, commercials. There really have been funny. clever ones too Yum. that we've
2: seen. You know, clever alcoholists. So I'm just saying they've got to work harder than anyone peddling like a normal product because I I mean, all the cleverness is is about drink it.
0: Yeah. The cleverness is just about being able to find the right hired guns of, you know, ad writers with no morals, which is like 85% of ad writers (laughs) 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 just, just for a random percentage. Wow. And, uh, seems a familiar percentage though. Exactly. I wonder why that is. (laughs) I wonder. Yeah. So yeah, they need to be more clever. It's like the, Although the military ads haven't gotten any more clever, and they're pulling an even arguably worse product. They've gotten sillier. They're like, uh, more images of pride.
2: Yes. Do you guys think that the military yeah, subcontracts like regular drag. ad agencies? Or I, do they have I like know they majors do. and colonels drawing up I know up the they ads.
1: do because I have a I have That's a cousin I, I have a cousin who um, works in ad agencies and and has done work for the military. So at least in some cases is they your do. Your cousin,
2: eighty five percent evil? Oh,
1: really? No, no. My cousin is a good guy. He's not eighty five percent evil. Fifteen percent or more. Okay.
2: Uh, he, I, I put him in the fifteen percent. I would say. The other point that I was going to make, Greg, which I think is specific to American society. Okay the reason that people abuse alcohol so much is because of the whole taboo thing, which is that you can't, in our culture, you're not supposed to touch it until you're 21, which is really dumb. I mean, in in Europe, where little kids have a glass of wine with dinner and it's no big deal, they don't abuse alcohol the way we do. They oh yeah, do and so and look where it got Europe. Part of their lives. If you want to be overrun by Germany twice, well, then yeah, have your kids
1: drinking wine at fifteen. <laughs> okay, no, I'm just
2: kidding. Fine. You lose in wars. You're more <laughs> rational about abusing drugs. Okay, that's the trade-off. <laughs> Every time. Maybe uh, the so Germans wait, will never overcome. Kicked in Iraq anyway. The Germans will we never overcome rational rational towards alcohol. the marginal line. The Maginot line will never be breached. Anyway. Pass me the wine. Uh. <laughs> Maybe this is a sign that we're learning to deal with alcohol better because we're losing all these wars now. So clearly we've progressed. We've gotten better at dealing with alcohol through our war loss? Is that, that what you just said? Well, I mean, if we're losing wars, that means we're more like Europe. So I guess that means that we should be better in dealing with alcohol. Um. I have no idea what you just that said works, there. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: I mean, I understand some of the arguments. Like, I don't, I have very little sympathy for libertarian arguments at all. But I understand the argument that says that, you know, some people are better able to handle things than other people and it needs to be somewhat based on individual decisions. It's just that I think alcohol is an example of something which is so much more likely to go to excess that it's the kind of thing which almost, can predictably be lead, can lead to harm. Like, I would say that, in many cases, alcohol can have just as much danger associated with it, not, not in terms of deadliness, but in terms of potential to do harm, as having a gun does. Not that it's going to kill someone automatically, but it has the potential to create a harmful situation as much as having a gun would have the potential to create a harmful situation. So, I guess that's what I'd say about the alcohol thing.
2: Yeah, it's competitive. You know what I mean? Me put it there. Not the level it's of harm, but, like, the fact that harm could happen. I mean, it's true. Yeah. I mean, when you look at aggregate drinking harm. culture, it's basically like I'm well, put don't all worry the aggregate taste bad, harm in a hopper because right. <laughs> after seven drinks, it won't taste like anything. I and know. You'll just keep wanting to drink until you pass out because it'll steadily decrease your ability to deal with it. A- and, and, and nobody thinks about that. Yeah, Every yeah, time you drink. pass
1: out, it's like, oh, we bypassed out. That was great. I'm like, yeah, it's great. Your brain shut down because it literally could not handle any more chemical stimulus, and your liver
2: then all spent right. the rest of the well, time doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like to be fair. I've been drinking since I was 18. I've drank a lot before. I've never thrown up from drinking or passed out from drinking or done anything that I was embarrassed or ashamed about from drinking ever. So it's possible. You can deal with it. It's possible to be dealt with. And in a society based on me, it would be perfectly fine. (laughs) In a society based (laughs) on (laughs) you. Therefore... All, the, all the, uh, the, the laws should reflect me.
1: But let me, re- let me remind there you, you this is the same guy who, when he had a fever, reference early MEP report, tried to beat the living crap out of one of his um, roommates over a Yankees game, and did so, according to you, not because you were under the influence of any kind of drug or anything else, but because you had basically had your centers of judgment depressed at that moment. And I would argue then that you no, certainly had the, that was. If wanted to be a mug
2: on me, alcohol would be legal and plentiful and baseball games would be regulated and banned because that is what causes me to become violent. <laughs> Sporting events involving New York. Uh, teams. I see. So that's very simple. I yeah, see, okay. You'd have to, to not let me watch Yankee playoff games. I'm and sorry. I won't get into any That trouble. makes
1: much more sense. I don't know what I was thinking. I I apologize humbly. Of course, it's logical. And speaking of uh, a completely random transition. Uh, I wanted to ask and I know we've talked about I don't want to get back into the I'm not
0: even trying. I'm not anymore. even trying. Well actually no nice I, I'll tell you what that I was, was thinking. Sweet. I
1: actually will give you guys I'm going to do my I'm going to do the show my work thing um, that rush, we were talking rush. about with do high the school recap, stuff. Yeah. So it was like this. Russ was talking about drugs and people and alcohol and people who can and can't use it. So I immediately thought of our president who, you know, is all about alcohol. And I don't want to get into a big thing about Iraq, but I just wanted to note that this we're actually recording this as we George Bush. We never
0: talk about Iraq on the no, show. No,
1: no, we've never done that ever. No. no. But right now uh. we are recording this as George Bush <laughs> is announcing his surge, his troop surge in Iraq. And what I wanted, uh, to, what I wanted to mention was, I did you guys see that the surge has already happened? That they reported today that like they're already coming in? I'm like what he's like i just yeah, i just want to let you know here's the new plan for america uh, it's already happened uh the new plan has occurred um there is no decision to make it's just there so so all these things from progressive groups that are like stop the escalation stop i'm like too late uh it's happened uh it's there they're escalating and he's pretty much just telling you what happened it's like giving you a I recap of a game say. after the fact here's what happened in the playoffs you know Far
0: be it from me to defend George Bush or to do anything positive about wow. a war or whatever. I'm glad we're
2: recording what you're about to yeah, say. here we go.
0: <laughs> but
2: Get ready for honestly, it.
1: Honestly,
0: like Get ready for it. The surge of 20,000 troops is not proportionally that big a deal. A surge, when they initially started talking about it, I thought they were going to, like, send 100,000 more troops. In fact, the surge, the only thing I can really say about the surge is it's absolutely the compromise where everyone loses because it's just enough troops. To upset everyone who is against sending more troops, and to really upset those troops, and to make it harder <laughs> to have any more troops. But it's not Congratulations, a you drew the short straw. <laughs> to actually making any difference in the war itself. It's like a, what is it, a one-seventh? It's like 15% increase in overall yeah. troop global. Not only that. So it won't make the difference anywhere. It sounds like a water it won't park mean ride, too. that they too. can overrun.
1: Yep. Ride the surge with the, the men of Iraq.
0: <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, seriously, though. If you that's drank right. an energy drink called Surge and it <laughs> lifted you by 15%, you would be sorely disappointed. <laughs> like, that would be, you know. So this is just it's enough true. to make everyone angry. Like, it is the absolute maximum piss-off mode. That's true. That you, that, when I was the 15, you could
2: do that's a good point. I played make football everyone with a group upset. of guys. And one kid would drink two cans of jolt, which sounds surprisingly right. like surge. Oh yeah. And he well, would jolt, an actual drink drinks, it out, and it's like jolt. Had, yeah. Right. He would go into like diabetic shock on the field. That's how cool it was. It was great. <laughs> and that was really cool. He would start wiggling. <laughs> right. Um yeah, it's, it's at least cool.
0: like a three hundred percent increase. So if he were sending half a million new troops to Iraq, like that That'll would be a surge. Anger everyone just about as much. And that That's would at splurge. least change the outcome. On the ground, whereas this is just like and and so, and the an article I read today even it's said a that like and this a brings it back. He misspelled it. He oh, meant exactly. to say surge. back <laughs> and it came out surge. Yeah, I said surge. <laughs> the troops back to the level that they were at eight months ago. Eight months ago. How is that a I surge? Think we were and a lot no, better eight months
1: ago. Story.
2: Back when that's we right. Were winning we were doing the war eight, eight months ago. Months ago. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We were overwhelming we were, everyone. Like we weren't dying nearly as much eight months ago. Some people yeah. actually believe it would work eight months this ago. This is basically... Exactly. This is they're basically trying, like... It's like Turn Back the Clock War. It's
0: like everyone's putting on their 50s outfit. No, this is like... And like their World War II buttons. This is like... Uh, like, yeah. We used to wait. We're going th- to camp out <laughs> in Iraq. <laughs> this is
2: where it's going to kill the rock around the, around the clock, clock tonight. Very cute. troops will make it all alright. Going rock, rock
1: around the This is the equivalent of... Playing do do, uh, the having the 86 do do, Boston uh... Celtics playing the Washington Generals. The Washington Generals are down by 50, and the guy's like, all right, and he points to the guy at the end of the bench. It's up to you. It's like that, guy goes on. that guy is not going to buy himself oh overcome a 50-point loss. I was in two
0: minutes ago, man. You sure you want me back out We were only down by I 46 gave up, then. I gave up two turnovers. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. No points, no rebounds, two turnovers. But no, there's and a I've different got, part uh... of my ankle sprain. There's more to this plan that you guys haven't uh, exactly. heard, though. Did you guys hear the details of this? A big part of this plan is the so-called mini bases, where they're going to actually put the soldiers in the neighborhoods where they patrol. Does this sound at all familiar with you? Um, not habeas corpus. It's um, it's that other thing. Uh,
2: Are you talking about <Stime <Stime> as making <when Stime> a joke <forced Stime> about the quartering the <Saires> of troops? Forced Americans yes, to, like, the quartering of troops. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's what you're yeah, exactly. A okay. quartering. Yeah, the quartering troops. of troops. Yes, right. yes. Right. There you go. Yeah, that's fine. That doesn't offend anyone, as evidenced in history. Yeah. Well, it, you know. it,
0: yeah, exactly. It <laughs> builds uh, friendly, cooperative, neighborly relations. They're actually just all going to go over. It's going to be like the minor earthquake response team. They're all going to go over with Bates <laughs> the first day they move in. And they're going to be like, yeah, we are your liberators. We'd like and to give you a, a teddy re- bear water water and card. some chocolate chip
2: cookies. Right. He's not huh? so imposing exactly. anymore. He has to sit there when the electricity goes <laughs> out 23 hours of the day, and he gets pissed off, too. He's like, man, this really does suck here. Maybe I should try to help the country. I have, I have to live true. here mm-hmm. instead of my stupid And then the Disneyland Insurgency can base. recruit
0: from American troops in addition to... Yeah! That's troop. their plan. Mini <laughs> <all about laughs> bases. End, it's all about uh,
1: mini bases. That's a great idea. And they're calling oh, them that, too. Great. They're calling yeah, them mini bases. They're calling them, like... It's like StarCraft. Yeah. It's like it's like Russ playing StarCraft or WarCraft. Like, you build another little base, and then you, like, awesome. do all your stuff out of your base. Yeah. That's what it is.
0: Can they so have door-to-door salespeople, too? The...
1: Gas and, and then make the them go and harvest. knock on them. <laughs> Sell them like a dishwasher. <laughs> or, or maybe just they're going to introduce the
2: protoss <laughs> If they get attacked by the Protoss, you'll see the troops and the Iraqis band together. For right honor. They'll be like, oh my god, it's aliens with bug eyes and weird heads who shoot lasers. For a doom. We're going to need to work together on this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I still want to see the door-to-door splurge.
0: salespeople. And they'll dress up as insurgents and go door-to-door, <clears> and people <throat> will be so irate at the seeming insurgent door-to-door people. I like this whole neighborhood approach. They're going to put up you neighborhood watch like signs. You it will be great. Exactly. It's like Perk <laughs> for the insurgency. The purge Perksurgency.
1: The purge insurgency. We'll yes. It.
0: Yes. The and again, it It's Surge. Oh, my and God. And it's oh, the Perksurgency. And it's Courage. And we're done. That is great. The perk surgery is coming to raise
2: money from the yeah. American government to leave. Exactly. Like, Look, if you give us money, we're yeah. going to talk to Dick Cheney <laughs> exactly. and we're going to tell him we to make the people leave. We definitely make
0: this happen with your support. <laughs> right now we're working on a bill. We're working on a shipment of AKs from Syria. Exactly. We're just $500 short of our goal tonight. <laughs> If you can oh my God. uh a Berg, little more.
2: Caliper we can, canvassers. We can put AKs. For Iraq. <laughs> with a clipboard. They're it's like, how much urgency. support can I ask you for now? Bag can can
1: I ask you for more support? <laughs> Iraq. Bag Iraq Perg. Bag <laughs> Berg, The perk shirt. Hi, we're from Bag right. they're, they're all wearing sandals and like I'm hemp high. shirts. And they've got like the backpacks on. They're like, look, if you could just help out with just our commitment. Here's, here's this flyer about what we're trying to do. Here. Look at some of these brochures. And they have, like, a four-color brochure with an insurgent looking. And then you come back at the end of the night into the office and you're Uh. like, what? You only got 58 Ks committed. Okay, come into debriefing. We got to talk about this. You need to do more as a canvasser. We'll make you a field manager. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. totally.
0: Um, are you, are hello, you getting sir. them to commit?
2: Are you underestimating I'm what they're the giving? I'm coalition is? of fascist people interest <laughs> research groups. <laughs> are you interested we in We really would like to talk to you today about a pressing issue in your neighborhood. You see this big hole in your roof? Yeah, that was caused by the Americans. So all we need is you to pledge 50 dinars a week for a total of 2,500 dinars for the year. And we can put three more IEDs in the pathway of Sergeant Peterson, who everybody hates. If
1: you order now, we can give you this happy fridge magnet.
0: You'll also get a subscription to our newsletter, Perksurgency Today, with hot tips on how to avoid suicide bombings that we don't announce to the rest of the public. You'll European definitely check. want to read this brochure. We also
2: accept Visa, MasterCard, American
0: Express, and
1: Discover.
0: Yeah, that's true. As well true. as any foreign currency we can get our hands on.
1: Like I'm just yeah. reading the details of this plan. It also says the plan envisions Iraq's committing 10,000 to 12,000 more troops. That's awesome. I'd like to envision things too. It also envisions a magical elephant I, flying I in from the sky envisioned. and solving all of Iraq's problems with a wave of his magical trunk. <laughs> like, what else does this plan envision? <laughs> I envision a world in which people do not fight each other and put down IEDs in the streets. That's the world I envision. What do you mean it envisions? I think that Iraq will do this because it I believe
0: an exit there's no place
1: that. Like Baghdad. Yeah, There's no so. place like Baghdad. Available. It envisions
2: oh. a scenario that doesn't so closely resemble hell. <laughs> right. It envisions something not Iraq. <laughs> That's uh, what it
1: envisions.
2: <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. It envisions Portsmouth, Rhode Island. Yep. going to make it just like Portsmouth. But, you know, part of the it. problem is, and I actually... A, a crab market here, and... Oh, there's a wharf. Definitely <laughs> a desert. The wharf it, is going down You can envision the a steakhouse. We've written it out. have a steakhouse. about out. the level of planning we've been doing on
1: <laughs>
0: crab
2: meat for a row. You have no idea what we okay. envisioned. They would be too confused. They'd be running their wharfs in the sand and not know what the hell was going on too long for them to worry about fighting anybody. it would be like, I don't I do not know. I put on rain jacket.
1: Wharf. Gordon's I, Fisherman. I saw the I'm commercial. Subsidized by the U.S. government.
0: So I guess it works okay. I found some crabgrass back there by with <laughs> this, this soldier got crabs in downtown Baghdad. Does that
2: count? Uh, nobody would buy the crabs. They can hardly see them. Yeah. Yeah, I have to display under magnifying. Yeah. Is this is you eat crabs <laughs> in this country? This is a delicacy.
1: Speaking of crabs and creatures like that, <laughs> did you guys see um, the little news item where a guy on a plane got bit by a scorpion? The title yes. of the plane was. And, Dude, I linked this on my and blog. And they were this saying morning. that this happens Go all the plane, time. Baby. This like, happens. They it's said, oh, yeah, so this great. often happens. I'm like, what do you mean it often happens that you have a scorpion on a plane? I thought that I was getting stabbed by a needle. Then I realized it was a scorpion. I'm like, oh, great. It's our bad. Like, well, what do you mean? They're like, normally it's not much of a risk. Which is- I'm like, uh. Yeah. And someone asked him the- if in this case, the needle is alive. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and deadly. Yeah, yeah. Both. But I mean, like, why is this <laughs> Dude, the thing that just happens to show up just there? Like you know?
0: taxoplasmology. People don't talk about it, but it happens
1: yes. every day. Yeah, exactly. He's caught up to the, all the, the member boards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's <laughs> a taxoplasmology. Yay. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. But I mean, should we be scared that's about this thing? Plane. Like I, you know, Shox I'm not about. a big fan of flying, but I'd really like it even less if um, I knew that there were scorpions. That that would make me. <laughs> Maybe the scorpions are infected with
0: taxoplasmosis, and that's how everyone's getting it. If you know the scorpions
2: are actually grow and tax- catch it. That's where scorpions come from. They come from <laughs> litter boxes. If you didn't have <laughs> exactly. litter boxes, there wouldn't we be We as Russ single-handedly right sets back it's education. Spontaneous generation. Sets back education 20 years. No, it's like you know, <laughs> toads, toads are not doing anything more than in the ground, and scorpions sometimes will generate from. And do you know if you watch what you
1: use when you put together it's true. what you use so with um with it. crap? Crap is a fundamental and ingredient. And you have to get out your plus three sword in compost to get rid of them. That's right. It's compost. It's compocracy. That's what go. it's all about. Scorpions, compocracy. Yeah, the
0: compocracy it all where works. we are ruled by our scorpion overlords who <laughs> exactly. fly the planes of
1: oblivion. Government it's by today's scorpions. scorpions. Wouldn't it be great, <laughs> if, what, it be great if everybody thought Bush said <laughs> when he was talking about his surge planes. that he was going to send troops, but he actually meant I'm sending 20,000 scorpions <laughs> to Iraq. <laughs> That's why I said <laughs> or what is, I didn't say meant a surge of active. what. I said a surge of snakes what and scorpions. He and, his
2: valet from Belgium named Surge. Yeah, I'm gonna send Serge over, and he's gonna talk to them, and it'll be fine.
0: It's Sergei, please, it's it's Sergei, it's Sergei. No, no, oh, Serge. I call you Serge. You're a funny guy. Serge. No, Serge, get over there. <laughs>
1: and all across America, people's no, jaws drop to the talking floor. i about
0: your name. We want action. Go fix that yeah. country. it's Major General get back Sergei. He's
2: gonna
1: come up
0: with a whole I want Prime Reb tonight, Surge. I wasn't was going to send he, more troops. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm just sending Surge. Why is he sending Surge more troops? Surge knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of Surge. If you guys, if anyone out there reads the uh, Get Your War On comic, there was a hilarious discussion about surging. Just how uh, the, the two characters in the comic are basically like, I don't care what happens, I just like the sound of it. It's like we're manly again. We're surge, surge. I just like. Singing. And we're gonna have
1: him on the show much pretty soon, right? And we're gonna have. Yeah, that was the point. Get your war that was the point. On the show, oh, so hopefully next week. Okay.
2: So we'll cool. Know, next yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, hopefully, your hopefully, war we'll see. Hopefully the war will still be going on at that point, so it's not a moose discussion. (laughs) Well, with this surge, I don't know. I think surge will be be able to take (laughs) care of it by then.
0: I would be pretty excited okay. about having it in the first post-war week. Maybe Surge. We
1: could just barely Maybe Surge is just an incredibly I good have to canvasser. The
2: comic to get your war off. Get
1: your war off, right? Exactly. Maybe. But maybe Surge <laughs> is just an incredibly good canvasser. Like, I had a guy in my office like that. He's, like, incredibly effective. You know, he's just like, look, you know, I know they've been coming around asking you for money for IEDs, but we're asking you um, to give us the support of not killing us. Um, and we're, you know, we just want to check mark. Just say that you won't kill five of us. Can we just ask you for a commitment of only killing two two troops if you could only kill two that would allow us to really help the country well, out and he's really like effective and he does model, it you know
2: just like the perk model half of serge's troops will have to go on the door-to-door canvassing and the other half will go to all the campuses for any actual <laughs> schools that are left <laughs> right. in Iraq and they'll be the <laughs> campus say. directors and recruit the kiddies to be just like him. do
1: you know that I did see in, in the uh, Chronicle of Higher Education there was a, an ad for English professor in the University of Kuwait I'm like yeah I'm gonna stay out of the University oh, of Kuwait right now um, I'm jump gonna stay out that. of Middle East That'd I think awesome. I'd like to avoid that now right
2: right at the Greg, moment. do you know that Kuwait has like the highest standard of living in the entire world yes
1: it also has a problem of being it's in a there. sort of geographical area that's sort of a little fierce I'd say right now at the moment
2: well yeah so, what? Manhattan's right next to Harlem. you got to take your risks, man. Live in the nicest place in the world. There are going to be people who want what you've got next door. You should go. I see. You can bathe in petroleum all day long. <laughs> it's very good for the skin. Natural oils. <laughs> and you can eat plastic, which is made from petroleum. As you and know. it can
1: live under a monarchy.
2: Hello, monarchy. plastics make it possible. <laughs> Kuwaitis actually live forever no, because they're monarch. entirely made of petroleum products. They've. <laughs> what? Uh, Transplanted all their organs for plastics. Um, They're very engendered.
0: In- they that have word? to take ingenitive. it out of the supply somehow, so they can fix the prices and keep them high. So they have to consume. Fairquake. It's the obligation of each Kuwaiti citizen to consume as much petroleum as humanly possible, at all times.
2: The Kuwaiti fear Keeps factor. Supply low and on the eighty-seven hundredth episode of Kuwaiti <laughs> Fear Factor, you will have to drink a gallon of unlighted gas. Oh, no, like I'm uh, not afraid. I'm
1: just nauseated. Yeah, I'm tired yeah, of doing yeah.
0: this. <laughs> Just got yeah. out of the hospital for that last week. <laughs> Come on, that's oh, why we call it. We everyone go. in the audience
2: like fear factor. <laughs> fear Factor. <There we> <laughs> yeah. combustion. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> now we know. Prattance. Spontaneous combustion <laughs> it's, from it's drinking, drinking gasoline. Combustible spontaneous fuel. Spontaneous generation <laughs> from having too many cat litter boxes. We've solved the riddles now. of the universe, or things that happen it's right away, true. anyway. Spontaneously, right? Yes, we have, and and that's do you true. know what else we've realized, just like this show, as a result of that, that this is a spontaneous show. What's that?
1: That the show is about that to it combust. Spontaneously we come, because disappear. we've reached the end of an hour. So, if that's you want right. to recreate
2: <laughs> the net report at home pour you in cut your it right now. Box, yeah. Stop talking. and then it will start playing <laughs> the <laughs> MEP
1: report <laughs> say goodbye everybody. <laughs> <laughs> thanks everybody for listening thanks for yeah, checking us out please vote for us in Cast Wars all those good places and uh, we'll see you next week hopefully with the get your war on guy and um, thanks as always for being a part of what we call the MEP report that's the end of my salesman voice say goodbye everybody welcome to Iraq oh, Jesus. join the
0: per- join bag perk as a, as a sustaining drugs. member you get a sweatshirt will give you your own
2: A 100 bucks a sweatshirt Marijuana is good for you. If everybody smoked weed in Iraq, there would be no Iraq. It would be Iraq-Apanistan, and everyone would be happy. <laughs> what? It would be Pakistan, the nation of weed. The
1: proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least, not the stupid one of the cars. Please support the Mep Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for Mep link on the Mep Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at greg, russ, story, or andy at mepreport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu plants. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly,
2: it's just a little bit gross.